Hello, people of Lepland. Welcome to another episode. Just before we start, let me mention my sponsor for this podcast, which is italki. If you're looking for a way to activate your English and improve your fluency, italki could be a great service for you. Basically, you can use italki to chat to native speakers or have English lessons from the comfort of your own home. Imagine that, having an English lesson or conversation on your laptop or something, in your kitchen maybe. You could have a cup of tea, eat some toast, have a speaking lesson on italki, and then when it's finished, you're just there in your kitchen. There's no need to travel, no need to clean up your flat before the teacher comes round, no need to even put on your trousers. Um, it's really great and flexible. And remember, because you listen to this podcast, italki will give you a voucher worth 100 italki credits when you make your first purchase. And you can u- you can use that voucher as a discount on other purchases in the future. To get that offer, just go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk, and then you can just make your purchase on italki. But you need to go through that website uh, URL. Um, then italki will send you the voucher after you've made your purchase, um, and then you can use it in the future. Okay, so now let's carry on with this new episode of this four-time award-winning seven-year-old podcast for learners of English uh, as a foreign or second language. Okay, right, here we go. Play the jingle. Okay, Luke, I will play the jingle, and here it is. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 342. And first of all, I'd like to say thank you very much. If you've recently left comments on my website, written positive reviews on iTunes, or especially if you've sent me a donation. I appreciate all those things very, very much indeed. And I hope that you feel like you've invested in this podcast, even in a small way. Every little helps. So thank you very much. In this episode, I'm joined again by my podcast pals, Amber and Paul. If you're a brand new listener and you don't know who they are, then here are the basics. Essentially, they're both from the southeast of England. I know them from the stand-up comedy scene here in Paris. And they both have superpowers. Yes, that's right, superpowers. Um, Amber is a voiceover artist, actress and tour guide. She has a a little two-year-old son called Hugo, who has featured on the podcast before, making dinosaur noises in the background of episode 297. And Amber's superpower is that she has the loveliest voice in the world, okay? Her voice is so lovely, it could melt the heart of even the toughest person, like anyone at all. Even Vladimir Putin or Batman would be reduced to a little puppy when listening to Amber's voice, right, listeners? If, if Amber's voice was on Darth Vader's iPod and he listened to her talking, then I think he would immediately give up his devotion to the dark side and he would turn into an Ewok or something. So that's Amber. Uh, Paul used to work for Apple, the company, not the fruit. <laughs> uh, it would be weird if he worked for an apple, you know, like a fruit. That would be a weird job. Anyway, so he used to work for Apple, the company. And last year, he took the brave decision to quit his job in order to focus on becoming a full-time stand-up comedian, performing both in English and in French. Paul has a weekly one-man show, which is called Hashtag Franglais, which he performs every week in both English and French, which sort of explains the title, Franglais. Um... And he also performs a two-man comedy show with me every Thursday. And that one is called Sorry, We're English. Uh, Paul has his own podcast uh, called Becoming a Comedian, which you can find at paultaylorcomedy.com. Paul's superpower is his infectious laugh, which causes podcast listeners to randomly split their sides in different countries around the world, which is nice. Um, I imagine that if he had to do battle with Darth Vader, 
which is probably unlikely, but let's imagine he had to have a fight with Darth Vader. I think Paul would probably just laugh in Vader's face and then Vader would like turn into Jar Jar Binks or something, you know? Some hilarious consequence like that. So there you go. Amber's got the loveliest voice in the world and Paul has an infectious laugh. Uh, Those are their superpowers. Um, So the conversation you're going to hear in this episode was recorded the other day when we were sitting upstairs on my little terrace enjoying some sunshine. We recorded about three episodes worth of stuff on that day. Uh, Two in the sunshine and one indoors because after a few hours it went all cloudy and then it started raining, which is typical for April in this part of the world. Um, You've probably heard the first part of that conversation already in episode number 341. Uh, If you haven't, then I suggest you go back and listen to episode 341 because it might provide a bit of context. In fact, there are loads of episodes with Amber and Paul that you might want to check out too. You can probably find a list. In fact, you can find a list of all of the episodes that Amber and Paul have featured on on the page for episode 341. So if you want to, if you like Amber and Paul and you want to check out the other episodes that you haven't heard, check out the page for episode 341 and you'll find a list of all of them. Uh, but in this conversation, Amber and I talked to Paul about his recent success in his stand-up career. Uh, there's a surprise phone call from sometime podcast guest Robert Hayne. And we also talk about some online abuse that Paul has received after uploading uh, a rather successful video onto YouTube. Uh, And then Paul and I tell Amber about an audition we had for a TV show recently, which involved a bit of a misunderstanding about our British accents. And that then leads to a slightly heated conversation between the three of us about the subject of accents. One thing I just want to let you know right now is that I am aware that this conversation is quite quick and you might not get absolutely every single word that we say, but that's fine because, as we know, listening to native speakers at natural speed is a valuable thing for you to do, even if it's difficult to understand every little thing. Just try to fill in the blanks, tolerate the stuff that you don't understand, read between the lines and keep going. Listening several times will help, but the main thing is to just relax and enjoy spending 45 minutes in the sunshine with us. So, where were we? Where were we in the conversation at the end of the previous episode? Uh, If you remember, there was a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, Paul was about to tell us what happened in January, and it's something about his progress as a comedian. Let's get an update on how it's all going. So, in a moment, I'm going to start playing our conversation to you, and it'll carry on from where we ended uh, last time. And the first thing that you're going to hear is me saying to Paul, give us an update on what happened in January. All right. That's the first question that you'll hear me ask Paul. Give us an update on what happened in January. And then you'll hear Paul speaking pretty quickly and producing perhaps the longest sentence in the history of humanity. Um, Actually, long sentences with lots of additional clauses are pretty common in spoken English, especially in spontaneous talking. In writing, I think it's best to keep your sentences short and clear, but in speaking, we often find ways to extend our sentences to include new thoughts and to keep the rhythm going, particularly using words like and or but, which are both pretty simple ways of extending your sentences, of course, and or but, but also with relative pronouns for relative clauses, particularly with relative, pl- particularly with the uh, relative pronoun which, which we add to nouns and even whole clauses in order to extend sentences like I did just there. Did you notice? So check out the way that Paul uses which with, with relative clauses to extend his sentences and add ideas, adding fluency to his speech. So, um, Just to focus on that a little bit, here is the first sentence that you will hear from Paul um, in in this episode, all right? This is the first sentence, uh, this epically long sentence that Paul says right at the start. So I said, give us an update on what happened in January. And Paul says, yeah, I think the last time we spoke, I don't know if we talked about it, but I was gearing up for the start of my own show, which was like an hour, my first hour-long show, 
um, which was starting on January the 9th. And I was excited and nervous because I'd never been on stage for an hour and it was going to be cool, whatever. And then during the month of December, Robert Hain, who's been on the podcast previously, he runs an English comedy night and he's, I guess, seen me do comedy for the last three years. And he suggested to me that I make a video out of one of my sketches, which I'd been doing on stage, which was around the French, they're kissing and saying hello. And it's called La Bise in France. Wow. So there there are uh, a few examples um, of which... Uh, in there. And also who, after he mentions Robert Hayne, who's been on the podcast previously. Also, there's a there's the phrase gearing up for, which means getting ready for. Okay, so now I will let you listen to that, that first sentence in full, spoken by Paul. And just one question for you, little task before the conversation really kicks off. Uh, one question, how many times does Paul say which and what is the most common word that comes after it? Okay, how many times does Paul say which, and what's the most common word that follows it? Here's Paul's first sentence. Give us an update on on what's happened in January. Yeah, well, I think the last time we spoke, I don't know if we talked about it, but I was uh, gearing up for the the start of my own show, which was like an hour, uh, my first hour long solo show, which was starting on January 9th, and I was excited, nervous because I'd never been on stage for an hour. It was going to be cool, whatever. Um, and then during the month of December, uh, Robert Hain, who has been on the podcast previously, uh, he runs a, an English comedy night and he's, I guess, seen me do comedy for the last three years. Mm-hmm. And he suggested to me that I make a video out of one of my sketches, which I've been doing on stage, which was around uh, the French and their kissing and saying hello. And la- it's called La Bise. Okay, so there was Paul's long sentence. Um, And so uh, here are the answers. So he says, which, uh, four times. And it's most commonly followed by the word was, which happens three times. And once it's followed by uh, had been doing. Okay, so uh, which was nice, which which was happening, things like that. Um, So notice that often, basically, uh, when, when you're talking about stories or talking about the past, we often use which was and then probably an ing form to create um, a past continuous tense, a sentence in the past continuous in order to provide a bit of context. So, for example, Paul said, I was gearing up for the start of my own show, which was starting on January the 9th. Okay. Also, after which was, you might get an adjective like I've already said before on the podcast, which was nice. Okay, which was interesting. You know, I was just getting ready for my new show, which was uh, quite stressful because blah, 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 blah. You know, so if you end a sentence with a noun, you can use which um, in order to sort of keep that sentence going. It's quite important. Relative clauses are really important for fluency, basically, because they allow you to sort of stick uh, clauses and sentences together and keep your flow going. All right. Um, So... um, Let's see. Um, This is often how we add information to stories. I mentioned this language point in the photo competition episode as well. That's episode 327. Uh, In Paul's sentence, uh, which was comes after a noun every time. But sometimes you can use which uh, and a relative clause uh, after a clause as well. For example, uh, here's another question. Which is the noun or clause that is followed by which in these examples? All right. So the first one is, he suggested that I make a video of one of my sketches, which I'd been doing on stage, which was around the French way of saying hello. So the answer is that both times, which refers to one of my sketches. So uh, he suggested that I make a video of one of my sketches, which I'd been doing on stage, which was around the French way of saying hello. So both times, which refers to one of my sketches. That's a noun. And then what about this sentence? And so we sat on the terrace and just talked for about two hours which was nice. So there, which refers, in fact, to the whole clause. We sat on the terrace and just talked for two hours. Okay, so there was a little bit of language analysis, but that's enough of that. I will now let you listen to the rest of the conversation properly and enjoy another chat with podcast pals, Amber and Paul. And by the way, just to let you know in advance, there is a little bit of swearing in this conversation. But now let's listen to the rest of the conversation in full. And here it is. Amber and Paul are on the podcast. Amber and Paul are on the podcast. Amber and Paul are on the podcast. 
Amber and Paul are on another podcast. Paul's a very funny boy. His laugh I very much enjoy. Amber's got a lovely voice. If I could choose an accent, hers would be my choice. Yeah. Give us an update on, on what's happened in January. Yeah, well, I think the last time we spoke, I don't know if we talked about it, but I was uh, gearing up for the the start of my own show, which was like an hour, uh, my first hour-long solo show, which was starting on January 9th, and I was excited, nervous, because I'd never been on stage for an hour, it was going to be cool, whatever. Um, and then during the month of December, uh, Robert Hain, who has been on the podcast previously, uh, he runs a, an English comedy night, and he's, I guess, seen me do comedy for the last three years. Mm-hmm. And he suggested to me that I make a video out of one of my sketches, which I've been doing on stage, which was around uh, the French and their kissing and saying hello. And la- it's called La Bise uh, in, the, in France. The way French people kiss each other on the cheek when they say hello. Yeah, so they do it, it twice or three times or four times, depending on where you live. It's all very complicated. And I, I, I make fun of it on stage. And he said, let's make a video because that could be it could be good. And I said yes, reluctantly. Uh, Why reluctantly? I don't know, because I think... I just I didn't imagine it being a video like I wanted it to be part of my stage thing and I was like I don't know how it's going to be how it's going to work in a video but we we ended up writing the script and changing a couple of things from my stage uh bit in order to make a video from it and I thought okay cool let's see what happens fully thinking that there was maybe a thousand or two thousand people that would watch it because that's like the most amount of videos or views that I'd had on a video was maybe 600 or 700. No, mm-hmm. it's maybe a thousand because it was a compilation of some of my stand up for my first year okay. on my YouTube channel. So I thought, oh, maybe a thousand people, 2000 people will see it. And uh, it ended up exploding somehow. And I think we got officially uh, like 2.2 million views. Seriously? That's the uh, whole of Paris. 2.2 million. Yeah. Yeah, so that was on YouTube and the French YouTube. So wait a minute, you so you made the video, yeah. based on a stuff that you used to do on stage yeah. about the French custom of kissing when they meet people, yes. and the fact that as an as a sort of as an English person in France, it's difficult yes. because you, you're not used to the custom of it, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, and you made the video, and you thought it's not going to be, be a big deal. Yeah, you released it on January first. Yeah, it got released on January first. We filmed it in middle of. Uh, December. Right. We released it on January 1st, which was the week before my f- my solo show was starting. And uh, originally I was doing my, my show was planned with the venue every Saturday at 8pm yeah. until the end of March. Okay. <coughs> and, and so... And then you put it up on YouTube. Yeah. On French Fried TV, the YouTube the channel. YouTube channel, yeah. And then within a week it had... Well, on YouTube it had over a million views yeah. within a week. And then on other platforms like um, Dailymotion and Facebook, yeah. it achieved, you know big numbers as well yeah, so yeah. in total it's had something in the region of 2.2 million yeah, views yeah if you count the Facebook and the Daily Motion and the YouTube I think it's 2.2 a little bit over that but then that's not counting all the like we got ripped off quite a lot yeah uh, in terms of like people just downloading the video and putting on on their like there's other YouTube um, sorry other Facebook ch- um, like news Pages. channels or BuzzFeed type of things yeah that have got like 500,000 views uh, but it's not linked directly right. to... Uh, they've just mm. got their own views. So it's been seen probably about two and a half million times. Probably. And it most on French TV, it got on English TV. Yeah, it was it on the BBC. On, it was on the BBC. And Luke, you must have had this too, like people's coming up to you and saying like, oh, your friend Paul Taylor. Like, yeah. n- n- I think nearly everyone I knew. Really? Yeah, loads of people said to me like, oh my God, I saw Paul yeah. on the thing. And that felt really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was a great video. Yeah, I, yeah, got, I got that a lot. You know, a lot of my students, you know, I was saying to them, oh, um... It suddenly, what I found is that it suddenly made it easier to talk to people about English language comedy. Because I was, you know, like, yeah, I do, you know, I do a stand-up comedy show here in Paris. Oh, have you seen that video? It's with Paul Taylor. Have you seen that video about the guy, the English guy who doesn't understand French kissing? And they're like, oh, yeah, I saw that. Suddenly everyone understands, you know, uh, what English comedy in Paris is about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, bloody hell. Two, two, over two million views yeah, in, yeah. in just a, a few days, yeah. really. Yeah. When it wasn't even, like, the views, uh, I didn't really care. You know, views are views. People cert- look for views. I'm not, I wasn't really interested in the views. Mm. What, what the thing that was really exciting about it was, was that um, my show got sold out within that same week for mm. the ho- un- until the end of March, basically. There were no seats av- available for my show. Um, our show, mine and your show, was sold out yeah. for at least 
uh, six weeks after that. Mm. Uh, it still gets a pretty <laughs> decent crowd, yeah. which is great. Uh, so we, we, it just meant that we were performing instead of in front of like 15 people, you know, uh, we were performing in front of 50, 60, which ended up being great. To be honest, I don't know if you found this too, Amber, mm. but every show, every stand-up show I did in Paris after Paul's video came out was full. Yeah. Did you, did you notice? It, there was this massive buzz. I mean, it, it it was really amazing because there was this huge buzz around like people, like a bit of French dinner party, like all just French people. And they'd be like, oh, I, oh, Paul Taylor. And they were talking about it independently. And then they knew that I did this stand up. So they're really interested. I had friends contact me saying, oh, I can't get tickets to Paul's show. And like, yeah. and, like amazing. And then gigs that we were doing like at Pan Am and stuff, there's this real buzz because, you know, people had just opened their eyes a little bit and, mm. and said, oh, well, there's no tickets left for Paul's show. Maybe there's something else. Yeah. And so we were like scooping up his leftovers. And yeah. they just realised they realised that there is another perspective and that there is such a thing as English-speaking comedy, you know, in France, and I'm sure in other places too, but, you know, in, in France, and that actually it's, it's quite funny and... So suddenly, loads of people came out. Yeah, yeah. it was. I, I mean, it was just really great to see that, it, that the had a knock-on effect. You know, that that the internet, YouTube stuff like that actually turned into real people mm. uh, in the seats. Not only for, for for my show, but for the other shows, which is, which is really cool. You know, yeah. Uh, because we've had this English-speaking scene in Paris for you know like five ye- five six years. I can't remember exactly when Seb uh, Sebastian Marx. It's been started. a bit longer, but it sort of really got going. Yeah, maybe. Five years ago, like started getting with bigger. the New York Comedy Night, and it's just yeah. been getting slowly but surely bigger. And it was just, it was, it was just great that it got uh, you know media attention as well. You know, the, the newspapers wrote about it, TV shows like yeah. it was on, like on the on the lunchtime news on like the major French yeah. TV networks. So I got oh, this British guy's. Ma- I, I I have a theory about some of it is the fact that because the attacks happened in November, right? Um, obviously, everything in Paris was very. You know, just the whole thing in France was like, everyone was kind of down. Everyone was, you know, like, oh, we've just been attacked by terrorists. It's a horrific thing. And this was the first thing that, where we laughed, but it was appreciating something French. You know, it wasn't just like, let's make jokes about something, whatever. It was a video that people were like, all right, we've got terrorists coming, killing our people, but we've also got people like making fun of our uh, um, customs and, and, you know, things like that. So I think that... I think it was just good timing so is as well. Maybe part of it, yeah, is that it was um, a foreigner, but delivering a very funny and very affectionate uh, comment tribute about almost. tribute to, mm. to to French culture, yeah. to French social culture, and it wasn't like French art or French food. It was just something really normal, like the way that French people say hello to each other, mm. and and it also it's just a bloody good video. It's a video. really good video. I mean, like it's just like it's really nicely filmed. Like it's, I mean, it's just a really slick video. I think the timing's really interesting. Like I'd never thought about that before, mm. and I think you've got a good point. People looking for something funny, and it sort of it, it was really great because it hit the nail on the head. You know, you're sort of laughing at the French, but in this very affectionate way, mm. and so that's all true. But yeah, don't underestimate just that it was a great video. I think it'd have done well at any time. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a really interesting few months, you know, uh, to to have people come to the show and have extra dates and things like that, and have like producers and things like that come up to me and be like, oh, you know, you're looking for a producer for your show. What you you know, it it's it all went very quickly, but it's uh, you know as quickly as things go up, things go quickly down. So you know, there, there, there's no there's no buzz anymore. No one's talking about it, but you know, it's good that people are still coming out to the shows and. Um, mm. Yeah, I've just got to figure out what's next. Really. I think it just it just sort of moved the scene up a notch. Yeah, and and yeah. you know audiences are definitely still better than they were. I yep. think Paul gave a leg up to to the whole scene. Yeah. Like that video really, it was great for you, and and that's amazing in your career. But it really did help the whole yeah the whole scene. Like I think mm-hmm. there's more people at the at the show gymnasium, there's more people at the Pan Am, and that's because they've come to see you. Yeah, and yeah, then that's us, maybe. which is good. Yeah, good job. Um, so now, like certainly for for a couple of months afterwards, and, and continuing now, um, you you have been the most the most wanted uh, c- English speaking comedian in in Paris, right? I mean, yeah. Well, one so. of the one of the most the wanted. hottest English speaking comedian. He's the Paris. hottest kid in town. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> and um, so you've been approached by studios. I guess it's all a bit hush hush. You can't really talk well, about nothing's it. Nothing's officially happened yet, but yeah, there's been multiple like TV shows slash companies uh, like we've been you know 
may we might be doing something next week. We don't yeah. know yet. Uh, yeah. We were supposed to be maybe hosting a TV show together, uh, uh, but and we auditioned for it and it went well. And they said yes, and it's supposed to be happening next week. We haven't heard anything. You know, uh, there's been another project for because essentially, the first question people asked after about a week of the this video coming out was like, oh, so Paul, what's the next video? Yeah, mm. and we I never planned another video. I didn't even plan the first video. You know, it was uh, it was like, all right, well, I guess we kind of have to do a follow up. Um, but then we were talking with uh, TV companies who were interested in producing um, other videos of a similar thing of me making fun or being angry at some sort of French, you know, custom. Mm. So we're still that's still happening. Uh, and the reason there hasn't been another video yet is because it costs a lot of money to produce things like that. And so if we can get a TV channel uh, or Internet people to, 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 to pay the money to produce it, then obviously we'll do that and it'll, it will look great. But it just hasn't happened yet. So, so in theory... Um, you are going to make a TV show and you will be on French television and stuff like that. I hope so, yeah. I think that'd be really great. Brilliant. I'd really enjoy that. My listeners can can see the video. I I know that many of them have already seen it because I did talk about it. And in fact, lots of my listeners wrote comments on the website saying, hey, Luke, have you seen this video? (laughs) It's got Paul Taylor in it. It was like, yes, I have. Yeah, I'm aware. I know all about it. I noticed. Um, Yeah, but, uh, you know, it it, it reached quite far. You know, like people in other countries, you know, saw the video because obviously people have kissing uh, customs in their countries countries, too. I mean, it's baffling not just to the English. I mean, it's probably as baffling to... Polish and well, the as as Paul says, it's even baffling to the French because depending on which part of the country you're from, people give different numbers of kisses. So True. it's like this thing that everyone is a little bit baffled by. Like, wh- how many kisses should we give? Is it? Do we start with the left or right? Mm. Paul is an expert on the subject now after having <laughs> talked about it. Uh, I, I think there's a there's a, it's a huge subject for discussion. I've got a question for Paul about it though. Now because I've not seen uh, we've. I've been so busy because Nico's been away so much that I've just not been around much. But so I've not seen many of your gigs. Do you still <laughs> do that bit on stage? Yeah. So this is the thing. I, I don't. I don't think I talked about it. I, didn't, I, I talked about it a little bit on my podcast uh, the other day. But yeah, it was the, the interesting thing was you know the the I think the the Anglo scene of comedy. So America, English speaking countries, you know the, the comedy scene is very different. And usually, if a bit ends up on TV or it gets recorded and put on the internet, or it gets a big exposure, then you don't do it, mm. you know, when you're on stage. And so that was my worry initially. I was like, oh, no, I've just given away my best bit from all of the bits that I've been doing. Do I do it on stage or not? And I think that was playing in my head. So I still did it, but I didn't give it as much energy. And mm. so it wasn't as funny. Maybe it was, but it was just in my mind. I was like, oh, why yeah. are people doing this? It's still just as funny. I've seen you do it. So you still do do it on stage? I do, yeah. But then there's also people, because there's times where I don't do it. Yeah, and people ask for it. And people, they don't ask for it, but at the end of the show, they're like, "Did you, are you the guy that did that, that video on Labies? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And like, oh, I was hoping you were going to do it tonight. And you because didn't. it's true. It's like a good story. Like, we love a good story. You can hear it again and again. Yeah. I mean, that's why we enjoyed the Russian joke. I mean, it's like, it's, it's <laughs> not. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. It's, you know, it's a good, like, and that's the thing with the bees. It's the sort of type of story where you're, it's a joke, but it's also a story. Yeah. And so you can hear it again and again. And because it, it is a funny, I know that was sort of one of your questions, like, if you do it and it's successful, are you giving it up? Like, yeah. I can't do it on stage anymore. And the answer is no, really. You can carry on doing it, perhaps not all, every time. Yeah. But, but for my, yeah, I do it. Cause, and the other, th- the, the weird thing was, so when I, I started my show on the 9th of January, which was a week after the video came out. So I was really nervous because I'd, yeah. I'd been planning the show, the order of the show for a, for like months before. You know, I was going to the mm. social gymnasium and, and rehearsing myself like empty during the day, you know, walking yeah. around the stage going, OK, this is the order that I want. And I was always going to finish with Labies. It was always going to be the last yeah. bit of my show. And I thought, oh, God, what am I going to do now? Because everyone's seen it but recently as well in the last yeah. week. What do I do? So for my first show, what I did was... I fit, and I was very nervous at the, for the first show because I hadn't been on stage for an hour. I was just worried. Yeah. Uh, and so I was nervous, but I finished on something else. I walked off the stage and I walked straight back on the stage um, and I finished with Labies like as an encore sort yeah. of thing. Uh, so that was all right. It's like a little nod. Yeah. Like, you've all seen this. That's kind of why you're yeah, here. But yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. I, think you, I, I think you should totally do it. I mean, I, I agree. Like, we know you've done that bit, but we kind of want to see it. Yeah. So all in all... It's nice to have a bit of success. Yeah. You know, mm. it's great. Uh, you know, big bit of success. 
TV producers are interested and, and people are recognizing you on the Metro and stuff like that. It's really nice to have success. It comes with it comes with uh, some some challenges though, doesn't it? Yeah. Just you know, new new success, new challenges. Yeah, people rec- someone people recognize, rec- you, on someone recognize <laughs> you on the Metro, didn't they? No, but I mean it's not surprising <laughs> not just, with 2.2 million people. No, but there, like, was, there was one but, guy I mean, who recognized you on the I Metro. I want to hear more about that. I want to hear yeah, about your paparazzi. It's nothing to do with the video. He came and seen my show. Oh. Yeah, he oh. came to see my show and I saw him in the metro. He's like, oh, hey. I'm like, oh, hey, Paul Taylor. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I came to show you, see your show last week. This was in January. <laughs> and it was great, whatever. It wasn't, it was, a, to be fair, the first few days uh, as when the video exploded and I was on the news on the TV, whatever, mm-hmm. I did get like some looks okay. of people like, oh, and a couple of, yeah. and when I, when I got on stage, and I still get this now when I, when I get on stage at a random comedy night, like last night, the, the terrible one, uh, mm. the French one. As soon as I got up and I was like, oh, je m'appelle Paul, je suis anglais. The, 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 the people were talking, talking to each other like, oh, I think that's the guy that did the thing. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's good. It, it, I mean, it, as you said, it, it still has its challenges. And what's interesting is I think wh- however good or successful your career gets in this kind of thing, you, you, you still have challenges. You know, at the beginning, the challenge was to try and perform in front of more than five people. You know, try and get more than five people in the yeah. audience. Then it's to try and be funny. But then you still, you know... <laughs> get the First people the in. audience. Get the people then in. Be then funny. be funny. <laughs> and then as you, as you kind of ascend the ladder, so to speak, you then have different, like, more difficult problems. Like, oh, the TV company wants to pay me this amount of money, but they're going to take the concept maybe and then yeah. do something with it, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to get a bad deal out of it. And then, yeah. so you end up worrying as much as you as I did when I started, yeah. but just about different things now. So, okay. but it's good. I, I can't complain. Now, since you are an English, in the video, you're an Englishman in Paris, sort of making fun of French customs. Have you had any abuse? Have have any? <laughs> I can imagine that some people would would find you rude or offensive has anyone been rude to you yeah. as a result of this they have let me read you a uh, not very many oh robert hayne speaking of the devil uh, he's texted uh, you no he's on he's calling let me just call it let me answer the phone all right robert hayne hello hey, hi you're on luke's english podcast excellent wow i've been waiting for uh, months and months to be on the podcast i'm so honored and thrilled, so serendipitous. That's a word for your listeners, Luke. <laughs> very good, very good. Can I call you back later? Yes, you may. All right, cheers, bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, Rob. <laughs> bye. I hope, um, I hope he doesn't feel bad because I haven't like asked him to be on. Uh, he's got a new baby. It's true. He's, yeah, he's probably busy. Uh, yes. Okay, it's fine. Anyway, um, so I, I was you, we were talking the, about abuse that you've received. Yeah, so I didn't get many. Like a lot of people found it hilarious. Some people were like, "Oh, your food's bad." You know, that's the standard mm. go-to insult to England. Is like your food shit. Yeah. Uh, mm. So, but I got there was a, a guy. There was a guy who uh, retweeted the video saying, "Hey, this video's hilarious." Mm-hmm. Then somebody replied to this guy saying, "He wrote in French to start with." Uh, and I'll translate it uh, on the fly here. He said, he goes, even if la bise is really annoying, uh, it's not up to a complete dickhead, paedophile criminal English guy <laughs> who's immigrated <laughs> into the country to tell us about it. You're a paedophile and a criminal? Well, in French, they've got a word, pédocriminel, which is one word, which means paedophile criminal. Oh, so it's possible to be a paedophile without being a criminal in some cases? <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. They had to sort of add that. Uh, so, yeah, even if, the, even if the bees is annoying, it's not up to a big dickhead of an English paedophile criminal English immigra- immigrant to come and tell us about it. Okay. I, think, I mean, the thing is, so like, when, great. when people get really protective of um, you know, other people criticising them, Obviously, they've got no sense of humour, but they're failing to see that you couldn't, you can't criticise something unless you kind of love it and know about it, mm. and have looked at it in detail. Mm. And mm. It, and it is a it is a joke, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Paul doesn't so mind <laughs> doing the bees. Yeah. The guy, the guy who had posted the initial thing replied to this guy, just going like, "Calm down." <laughs> <laughs> and then, mate, the guy replies in English. He started in French, and, and his second comment was in English. <laughs> And he goes, with all the other aliens and migrants polluting France, fucking PT comedy should be deported back to his paedophile island. (laughs) (laughs) Paedophile island? The whole island is full of paedophiles, apparently. So yeah, this guy was outrageous. And I talk about him in my show now. 
Do you think that he's a bit obsessed with paedophiles? Do you think that sounds like it? Two comments, investigate. two two references to it. It's a little bit dodgy, isn't it? Mm. It is. Anyway, so well, okay. that's the abuse I've been getting. I've been that's called not, a paedophile criminal. That's not criminal. too bad. I was reading about Twitter abuse and how it's much worse for women. Yeah, and, uh, um, I can't so even imagine. Yeah, maybe it'd be worse if yeah, you were a woman. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> if that consoles you. Oh well. Anyway, anyway. Um, so there are some nasty people on Twitter, but for the most part, it's all been good. Um, okay, well, good. I was going to say that Paul mentioned that um, we were asked to um, audition <laughs> for yes. a television show. We've got a little story to tell you, Amber. Tell me about it, because I have been uh, very keen to hear about this. Because, you know, I'm, I'm not in the loop. I'm just uh, there with my um, okay. baby. All right. And uh, I want to know what's, you have loved what's it. been you going on in so, the life of Luke and Paul. So we got asked um, to... Uh, audition for a TV show. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I don't, I'm not sure if we should talk about it with full disclosure because it's we're still not sure well, you if could it's. Just give a sort of. A, I'll give you a general. I'll give you a general overview. Okay, so we're asked to be to, to audition for this TV show. The basic concept of the TV show is there are well, it's like clips, and they want us to be like presenters. Yeah. Do you know Rude Tube? Have you have you seen? The, there's a TV show in the UK called it Rude Tube, which tell. is basically the best of YouTube videos of that week. Okay, uh, and it's presented by. Uh, Alex Zane is a comedian. A comedian, basically. That, yeah, no, no. So I, I think they, they were wanting to do something uh, similar, similar. Okay. where they have like a comedians uh, riffing off of the presenting the vid- funny videos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, That's cool. It. A yeah. sort of compilation of stuff, Compl- topical things. So the company have okay, got great. the company have got all these videos, like people falling over, people doing stunts in the streets, like a hidden the camera, usual stuff. the usual funny yep. videos, right? And they need some comedians to introduce the clips and talk about them. Okay. And so uh, they've. They, they got French people doing the French version and then they wanted to make an international version in English. Mm-hmm. And so um, they were looking for uh, English-speaking comedians in Paris and we and were the only two. <laughs> uh, I think there were maybe three or four other yeah, people. Seb, Seb, uh, Seb Marks... Uh, uh, Seb was involved, but... In, the in only the end, two that stuck. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, here's the thing. We, I was like, oh, we're interviewing... Not interviewing. Uh, what's the word you use? Auditioning. Auditioning um, for this thing. Like, and it ended up being in this building... Uh-huh. It just in this white room. It looked like a hospital room, basically. Tiny. And the two people that were there were just there. And there was a, a very small camera that had to film us standing there okay. pretending to introduce the videos. So it was a little bit awkward to start with. They were like, hello, nice to meet you. Hi, I'm Paul. I'm Luke. Hello. Okay, so come in. Take off your coat. Right. Uh, now here's a video. Go. And they wanted two people to present it. Yeah. Because that's yeah. your advantage. Because most stand-ups, they work alone. Mm. And although you don't, you're not on stage together... You do do a show together, so you yeah. sort of found that balance. Well, right. that's how they found us was yeah. through because they, Sorry, were, we're, they were looking. They got the French comedians from the Pan Am because mm. they spotted that, and then they were. They I think they asked Kareem or somebody at the Pan Am, "Do you know of any English-speaking comedians?" And Is that uh, I they were like, "Oh, I do." Yeah, there's a show called "Sorry, We're English," and it's Paul and Luke, and so mm. you can get in touch with them. And so um, we we did a little audition, and they yeah. played us a video, and then we pretended to introduce it and to talk about it. It was all fine. And then, and you know, it was good. They liked us. Um, they've they have since told us that we've got the job, but we haven't had full confirmation and stuff. So we're supposed to be doing this all week next it's week. It's supposed to be starting on Monday, but it's still up in the air. Anyway, mm. um, so the point is, we did that, and it was <laughs> it was fine. It went well. And then uh, one of the one of the people <laughs> in the room said to us, They're "Both oh, French, by the way." The two people in the room, yeah, both okay. French, really cool, really nice. You speaking know, in English, speaking in English. Okay, yeah. so it was really nice. They were both really cool. And but one of them said to us, "Oh, by the way, we can hear that you've you've both got a bit of an accent, right? Now, is there any chance that you could do it with with less of an accent? Well, like, and, and you a know, neutral we, accent. Yeah, that's the word they used, I think, to make to make the accent more neutral. Right. And so and so we both sort of we both sort of went, um, uh, what? And you know, and and, and we said, <laughs> well, and they were like, yeah, we can hear you've you've both got British accents, right? And we're like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we're from we're from England. So we've got you know English accents, and they said, could you maybe just make your accents more neutral? Do they and mean sort of more transatlantic? Well, well, well you know, we I, then I I said, what do you mean you want us to put on American accents? And the and the the girl said, well, not American, just less British. <laughs> <laughs> which. Which, which what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, a bit more so French? I mean, like back and forth. And the girl's like, no, because I've spent some time in New York, and for me, they, you know, they don't have an American accent. They've got like a the people in New York have like this international accent. I'm like, no. She mm. said, she said, in you know, in like the way they speak in New York, because in New York what? they don't have an American accent. Right. Really? 
They don't. She said they don't have an accent in New York. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what they don't have an accent. And, and, and we were, and we were like, my brain was was flipping, exploding. It was exploding at that point. I was like, um, they not, do. Not I've in been anger. There. I wasn't angry. You know, yeah. uh, absolutely it was not. Just confusion. I really. was just actually really enjoying it because I, you know, it's one of my favourite subjects, right? <laughs> and I think I've, I think I might know a little bit about about that. So I said, um, well, they do. They definitely do have American accents in New York. Definitely. And she's arguing. She's like, no. No, she's like, no, they don't. They, they don't have an accent. They don't have an American accent. Well, in like, fact, they're quite oh. famous for having quite a strong and distinctive and any, accent. Anyway, even in New York, you've got like loads of different types of accents. Yeah. You've got, you know, there's a range of accents. Well, in, yeah, because it's very, it's, I mean, people come from all around. Yeah, and they come from all around, but even sort of native to New York for hundreds, you know, hundred yeah. years or so, you've got like, you got that kind of, you know, Brooklyn kind of thing that I can't do, but there's different <laughs> types. There's like Queens, there's Brooklyn, yeah, there's Manhattan, there's Lower Manhattan, you know, there's all these different areas and they have different types <laughs> of people who speak in different ways. Yep. And so it was just like, what, 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 what do you need? What do you mean? What kind of well, accent? And then I said, because then I started speaking French, I think. I was just like, well, Imagine this. Imagine you had a, a Quebecois person in here and mm-hmm. he was doing his Quebecois accent. I'm like, that's like asking him, speak less Quebecois and be more French, but don't speak with a French accent. Speak. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what, what, what for you is a normal n- uh, neutral accent? What is accent? a neutral accent? There isn't yeah. a neutral accent because a neutral accent for us is this accent. The thing is, it's what's basically what's happened is she's used to hearing English in a certain way. She's used to hearing standard so her, American. English is this, neutral English is this, yeah. and then everything else that deviates for her is accent. Yeah. It's the way when you're little, you think, I don't have an accent, everyone else does, yeah. because yeah. you think, well, this is just how people speak. I think she just, the, the issue was that she lacked, and I don't mean to sound any more patronising than I actually am. <laughs> but she, I think you do. Well, I don't mean to be patronising, I just genuinely think that this is the yeah. issue, right? That I think that she just lacked the language to, to, to talk about accents. Mm. And what she meant was, um, can you speak in a sort of standard global accent? But, but, Luke, but, there, but there are two, there are guess, there are two types of standard accent, broadly speaking, in most people's yours. minds. That's yours. I mean, I no, think you... you no, I haven't finished my point. Because okay. like, she, 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 she... She's getting really angry. No, I'm not getting angry. I'm not. I'm just trying to get my point across. I'm honestly okay, not getting angry. It's just, it's just, it's just frustrating to me because I've got like so many million things to say and I can't get them all out. Go on. Right. So, uh, yeah, she, I guess what she meant well, with I a new, what, which, really yeah, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> fuck off. What, I guess what she meant with this New York thing is like a standard American accent. Yeah. Not like uh, the deviations from standard American, mm-hmm. which are yeah. sort of like, you know, the regional ones. Like uh, Alabama, like, hi there. Hi there. I'm hi from there, America. Jimmy, hey, yeah, 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 like yeah. the way Robert Haynes speaks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so she meant standard American. And yeah, as you said, for her, that is the ground zero of, of English, English accents. Mm. Literally. And uh, yeah. And so, yeah, that's it. And yeah. it's really curious because, of, I mean, I think you have the sort of a really clean English accent, you know, one which is a southern, mm-hmm. but it's not regional. It's sort of standard RP, not yeah. high RP, not yeah. like posh RP, just standard exactly. RP. So I think you're, you do have, I think you can, you've nailed that. But she just obviously didn't want British people. Yeah. She wants American. Yeah. yeah, I think the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. The whole thing I think that's what she meant, really. It's like, can you just do a standard American, American accent? Can you be yeah. an American? Well, that's what we said. I think that was the whole debate started when she's like, <laughs> we need you to be potentially, can you do it a little bit less British? And, and then I, one of us said, you mean like American? And I she's could like, do Australian. No, 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 not American. <laughs> I don't want an American. I want a neutral accent. That's when we looked at each other. We were like, that doesn't exist. Well, there isn't such thing as a neutral accent. <laughs> it, for, for individually, Yes, for each person, a neutral accent, like this is my neutral English accent mm. because it's my accent, you know. But th- I just shows that I think a, there is a divide between British and American English. I think that they are two dialects of English, and a, there is a neutral British accent which is generally accepted to be received pronunciation, mm. even though it's a little politically incorrect yeah. these days. And, you know, across the other side of the Atlantic, they have a neutral American accent, which mm. is yeah. standard American. And so the, the essentially, so where she, she where? just hadn't really. She, she what happens? She opened her mouth and then she realised. So she actually, <laughs> what she said was, "Can you do an American accent?" But then she realised, "Oh God, that no, I didn't mean to offend them." And yeah. then she was like, "Oh, not American." She was just trying to stop. How yeah, good was, was how good was her English? Do you think she had uh, problems was, understanding no, was, you? No, I think no. it was fairly good. It was pretty okay. good, but I guess she just hadn't quite sort of considered the nuances and the the. Uh, well, the, I think the, the we... possible offence of saying to a British person, uh, can you speak 
less with British. an American accent. Well, I think as well, potentially, even though her English was very good, maybe, as you said, that she was used to that type of you know American English and then because we were riffing off of the videos we weren't you know we weren't reading off a script we were just being like oh isn't it funny that blah blah well, I can't even remember what we said but because we were maybe speaking quickly yeah. mm. suddenly she was like oh uh, this accent isn't going to work right mm. but it would work for an, uh, an English speaking audience you know if they're trying to sell a TV show to anywhere English speaking mm. it would be fine you know yeah, yeah. no yeah, but, um, yeah and if, if we'd put on an, as you said if we'd had put on an American accent <laughs> Then uh, you know American people watching it would have noticed, and they're like, "Why are these British guys doing this yeah. American, this weird American accent?" Yeah. Also, I mean, it's quite nice. I mean, it's going to obviously work in the UK, and then it's a little extra. It's a bit more unusual. Yeah. Having well, a uh, that was the th- that was the other thing. Yeah, because you know, we've had many discussions of, uh, uh, with many different French people about how bad they are recognizing different accents. Mm. And I, anyone really who's not a native speaker, it is tough. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. You, it's easier for you, Paul, because you have that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like Nico. He's really. I mean, he c- couldn't tell. Like you know, when you're watching a film or a series, and one of the characters is British, and that's actually kind of important for the plot. Mm. Mm. And that is he's right over his Completely head. Missed it. I mean, totally wouldn't get that. I, I think that the generally speaking, you know, people who are learning the language like. Getting the subtle distinction between different accents is very, very difficult. Well, I find that difficult still. Yeah. I mean, unless I they're speaking with a you know Quebec accent, it's tough. I think mm. I think we're lucky in the UK because I think English. I think I want to say the whole of the UK. We're probably better at find is spotting different accents than than other nationalities, like Americans. I don't know. Americans have think I'm Australian, right? And they think the Australian people are British. Or South mm. African. And yeah. I think it's because in the UK we're so used to hearing and seeing a lot of, a, a wide variety of accents on TV I in real know life. I that. I think it's, there's a lot of emphasis placed on that. Accents are meaningful in the UK. And yeah. so we listen out to them. Potentially, Because yeah. there's this study about like colours, you know, and it was saying that some, some languages don't have the word for the colour blue. Mm. And then they don't notice the colour blue in the same way. Like they've got loads and loads and loads and loads of different words for the colour green. And they're really perceptive of all the tiny nuances of green. Yeah. Mm. But they don't have a word for blue. And when they sort of did this visual test on them, they couldn't point out which one was different. All right. the greens were the same. And then there was a blue square. And they couldn't see the difference because it wasn't important. Mm-hmm. And I think in the UK, we live so very close to each other. But accents are so meaningful for like social, cultural reasons. And, mm. and so we become really attuned to them. Yeah, yeah we, we have so many different accents in the UK. And as you said, they are indicators of things like region, social class and status and stuff like that. It, you know, mm. it's a pity, but but it's true. You know, we, you do judge a person by their accent as soon as they speak. In the UK, I mean, because yeah. like every country has loads of accents. Yeah, every country's got loads it's of accents. But we are particularly tuned to those obsessed. things in the UK <laughs> because we have such a wide variety of them. Mm. I'm sure there are a wide variety in many other places too. Mm. Um, and so... Um, Not in such a... Um, Anyway, but for us, we're just more u- we're more used to picking up on the differences between accents, and so the idea that people could not be sensitive to the different accents seems strange to us. But it's it's actually a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. But as you said, because when we said, well, we could do the show in an American accent, but you wouldn't be could able you? to sell it. You <laughs> well, wouldn't be able know. to sell it because people it would, would people weird. would know that yeah. we weren't Americans straight away. Yeah. Because it's rare that you even like celebrities, you, you know, like actors. Mm that they do a successful accent apart from Idris Elba. I thought he was American. I couldn't believe that. I don't know, a lot of Brits do good accents. These British ninjas. Yeah. The British ninjas. Okay, yeah. maybe Christian, they do. Christian Bale. Yeah. Uh, no, isn't, it's not just, he's just speaking like this. Yeah, but he does lots of roles with the American voice. Not not he, just Batman. Not just Batman. But he does lots of others as well. Yeah, yeah. And there's loads of them. Doctor House. I suppose I'm just thinking about the rubbish ones. Uh, yeah. Brody, Brody from Homeland. It's the it's usually the other way around. Again, Americans, Americans who do, do British, British accents. accents. I watched a film the other day with two non British people both doing British accents. There was Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, she's partly British. Well, she's been living here a long time, and she did a good no, job. She's, she's she's got a Welsh Welsh part. Yeah, but she's American. Yeah, all right then. Um, and then and she was married to someone who was also American, and they were both being British. Um, oh, what's his name? Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, and Johnny Depp does a pretty good because uh, I thought Pirates they were both good yeah. actually. Yeah. But like people like Don Cheadle uh, oh, in Oceans Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen, who <laughs> tries to do an English accent. 
and tries to be Cockney. Dutch they've nosed it. They've nosed it right up. Like, what's <laughs> this accent? Terrible. But to be honest, uh, to be fair, I think there are some Brit- British actors who have gone to Hollywood and have done pretty bad American accents. Like, what's his name? Ray Winston, the celebrated uh, Cockney yeah. from uh, from Limehouse in London. Limehouse. And um, he, he was in the Indiana Jones uh, oh, yeah. fourth Indiana Jones film playing a sort of a tough American bloke and uh, <laughs> and exactly yeah it came out Cockney like half of it was American half it was just, Cockney they don't bother like Daniel Day-Lewis he's just like no fuck it no no I'm, I don't do accents I'm I gonna, do method acting I'll be Abraham Lincoln but I'll be a British Abraham Lincoln he's Irish isn't he what, Abraham Lincoln? Daniel oh, right. Well, yeah, all right then. Okay. <laughs> I st- put my foot in it there, didn't I, Paul? <laughs> you did. <laughs> Made the old Irish-British mistake. Oh, God. Yeah. It's, that's more s- important the other way around than it is for us. Like... What? What's more important? I think the... the, the What's more important, Paul? I think Irish people hate us more than we hate them. Not anymore. Yeah, no. well, still some of them do. Not, not, not hate-hate, but like... We've just, never uh, really hated the Irish. We've just uh, ridiculed them. Yeah, it's but different. I, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if an Irish if an Irish comedian gets on stage, English people are like yeah, 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 let's have it. Whereas if an English comedian gets on stage in Ireland, yeah, Irish people are like right, we'll make us fucking laugh then. Oh, yeah, God. British bastard. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Anyway. Yeah, fair enough. They may have good reason f- for feeling that way. Right? Mm. Are we anyway, are we blah blahing too much? We are. We are now. The, we are timing? in full ramble territory it, it, it here. It feels like this episode is very long. Yes, it's... You're going to have to edit. It's, it's, is this part two? Oh, God. <laughs> All right, let me wrap it up. So that's the end of part one. I don't know what? if... What? That's part one? Yeah, I l- yeah, we didn't even speak to Amber and what she's that been I've, up to. I know. I've not done anything. I I'm know, not, I'm I not, know. I've not done anything. Amber, I really hope that you feel like you haven't been sidelined at any time. I No, I have been, like Paul, was very excited to come here today. It has made my whole day. This morning I was swearing at traffic. <laughs> really? <laughs> Were you driving? I can't drive, no. But um, it really annoys me when cars, they try to like get ahead and then the lights change and then they block the, the crossing. Yeah. And I've got a baby and then he's like basically level with the exhaust pipe. Oh. And, it, and I bang on them. I was banging on them with George, the cuddly, Hugo's cuddly toy. <laughs> and I was going, you asshole. Um, and that was my state of mind this morning. And I've had a very nice afternoon and on uh, the terrace. How long? How how much longer can you stay with us? Because you've got to pick up Hugo. Uh, but till about four thirty. Really? So okay, we got four time. Minutes. Do you reckon we've got time to do the interactive lion game? Yeah, but no blah blah. Right, Straight well, to it, Luke. All right. Uh, okay. Okay then. All right. Well, then that is the end of this conversation, and just let me deal with the problems of dividing it into one or two episodes. I don't know what Five. I'm going to do. If I divide it into two, no one listens to the second part. But okay. the first part we'll is the first part long. is just uh, talking about comments. That's its own thing. You know, and the I, second part is an interview with Paul. Okay. The, here's the thing. I I would be worried about doing like cutting it into parts if there wasn't a pause button. But there's a pause button, so if people find it too long, they just hit pause. Yeah, you say that, Paul. You say that, Paul, but I'm, I, I've done it in the past, I know, but I'm reluctant. I can't keep uploading episodes people of 90 can, minutes. People can listen to it at double the speed, and then they listen to it. Have you heard yourself at double the speed? Yeah. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Because the other day I was listening uh, to your podcast. The other day, I say that, like three months ago, last time I was on, I was listening uh, to a recap of the previous podcast that we were on in double speed. It was amazing because then it only lasted like 20 minutes. But I think that they might not understand it if it's in double speed, Paul. It's a good challenge, though. Yeah, that's true. true. They're Fair language play. learners. That's, didn't I say you should create a nickname? I, I think we should have a cup of tea. Really? And then get on with the next one. All right. Yeah, okay. that's a good idea. So that's the. That, I'm just going to cut you off right there, Paul. <laughs> yeah, not from you. I'll do a little outro to this, but uh, we'll be back speaking more uh, crapola. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> so there you go. That was a bit more Amber and Paul action. Uh, and we will be back speaking a bit more crapola soon because we'll be playing the interactive lying game. Uh, and that should be the next episode of this podcast. Uh, by the way, what's crapola, you might be thinking? Well, it's just another way of saying crap or nonsense. Okay, crap, by the way, is just another word for poo. Okay, it's not clever, it's not big. Uh, crap is a swear word, but it's not as bad as the other swear word that means poo. 
and, and uh, yes, I'm talking about shit, okay? Uh, so crapola is not such a common word. It's a variation on the word crap, and it means nonsense or just stupid talking, okay? Um, now, anyway, at the end there, you heard us talking about accents. And that was a slightly heated conversation. And since this is my podcast, um, I thought I would like to try and clarify what it was that I was trying to say there about accents and just to sort of clarify the whole accent uh, subject, um, specifically related to what happened in that audition. So just to clarify, first of all, uh, Paul and I um, went for an audition and it was nice. Uh, They liked us. It was good. But one of the producers said, can you speak with less of a British accent? And we asked, you mean you want us to use an American accent? And she said, no, no, not an American accent, just less British. Uh Uh-huh. You know, like the way they speak in New York, because they don't have an American accent in New York. Right, and we were both a bit stunned, because obviously that doesn't mean anything. Can you speak with less of a British accent? Oh, you mean with an American accent. No, 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 not an American accent, just less British. You mean you want us to just not speak at all? Um, So, first of all, I think it's not possible to have no accent, all right? Everybody has an accent. Um, But, you know, you might feel like, if you're a native speaker, you might feel like your accent is the normal standard position for the language and that every other version is an accent, you know? Like, even accents which are considered to be the neutral forms of that language are still an accent. So, for example, oh, I don't know, in, 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 with the example of France, for example, um, people who live in Paris, um, they might consider themselves not to have an accent. In fact, I, I think that that might be the case. Like, many people here seem to think that the Paris version of French is not an accent. And it's the, the versions that you find in the north or the south that are accents, variations. But I don't agree with that. I think that it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if it's considered to be the neutral version. They're all different accents, okay? So it doesn't really make sense to say that you don't have an accent or that the people of a particular place don't have an accent. Um, If they pronounce words using certain sounds, that's an accent. Um, Some accents are considered to be the standard forms. And in the UK... And in the USA, there are, broadly speaking, two standard form accents. There's received pronunciation in the UK, uh, which is generally how I speak, although I do have inf- inflections from the Midlands and from the southeast of England, reflecting the places where I grew up. And in the USA, there's an accent called standard American, which is a kind of regionless accent. So maybe what the girl meant to say was, can you speak with a standard American accent or a more transatlantic accent? Uh, But then she realised that it could be taken as a bit rude uh, because, you know, that's like suggesting, it's like she suggested that that there was something wrong with our British accents or something. And she didn't mean any offence. So that's kind of why she backtracked and said, no, no, not an American one, just less British. But then obviously that didn't mean anything. Um, Another thing I often read online, for example, in YouTube comments or comments on Reddit or something, is the sentence, there's no such thing as a British accent, which is usually written by a British person in response to a comment by an American or someone else from another country. There's no such thing as a British accent which actually I think is a bit misleading. So generally, people write that comment in response to other comments on YouTube or Reddit uh, when an American person has said something like this. Oh my God, I love the British accent. Yes, I I apologise for my American accent. Or, you know, equally, an American might have written, oh my God, the British accent sucks or something. And then some British person gets all pissed off and writes a response like, there's no such thing as the British accent. But that is a bit stupid too. Because if an accent comes from a part of Britain, it's a British accent. Obviously, British accents exist. But the point is, there is not just one British accent. There are many accents 
from different regions. And it's a little bit short-sighted to just imagine that there's only one British accent, when in fact it's so much more diverse than that. And so I suppose the comment, there's no such thing as a British accent, is the British person's way of expressing annoyance or frustration over the lack of awareness of the diversity of British accents, particularly, um, you know, in response to, um, uh, you know, a lack of awareness from from people in the United States or indeed any other country. Um, In the UK today, we are very sensitive to accents, as Amber mentioned in the conversation. There are many, many variations on the way people speak. And those variations indicate things like regional origin and also social status. Now, we shouldn't really judge people by their accents, but the fact is we do. Uh, We are also very affectionate about accents in the UK. And generally, we're very positive about regional accent variations. And so people tend to get a little bit offended if, you know, you say there is just one British accent you know, because it sort of suggests that, that you're, you're not really aware of the, the wonderful diversity that we have. Uh, we love the diversity of accents in our country, and generally it's considered inappropriate and even snobbish to laugh at an accent or to suggest that there's something wrong with speaking in a different way, unless you're talking about the Birmingham accent for some reason. Uh, it seems that within the UK, people are often quite disparaging about the Birmingham accent. But anyway, that's another story. So generally, being snobbish about regional accents is now quite unfashionable um, in the UK. Regional accents are generally celebrated these days. uh, And when you watch television, including the BBC News, you will hear quite a wide variety of different accents being spoken by presenters from around the country. Um, because TV viewers appreciate the regional flavours of the different accents. Uh, So I suppose part of our surprise at the girl in the audition was just really due to her lack of awareness of accent variation, but also the slightly clumsy way that she talked about the whole subject, suggesting that people in New York had no accent or that our British way of speaking was just a regional variation of an accent that has its neutral base somewhere in Manhattan. Um, so I guess we were a bit shocked uh, and stunned uh, by her comment, like, not American. Yeah, don't speak American, just less British. What does that mean? Uh, but I understand, of course, that identifying regional accents can be very hard when you're not native to that language. And this girl was French. I mean, her English was very good. Uh, but I imagine that, you know, even when you've got good English, it can be difficult to understand the subtleties of different accents. Um, so we didn't take offence at the girl and it was fine. But we did find it amusing and interesting from a linguistic point of view. So that's that. Now, I know I must do more episodes about different regional accents on this podcast. There is just so much content to cover on that subject. And it's really important, I think, that you get a sense of the different accent variations. I have dealt with accents before a little bit. If you go back in the uh, into the archive, you'll see that there are a few different accent-related episodes in there. Certainly around, ooh, let's see, between episode 50 and episode 100, I think I sort of did quite a lot of stuff on accents there. Um, But there is so much more to do on that subject. And we've only really scratched the surface of of the topic here. Um, So this is turning into another longish episode, isn't it? Um, It happens so easily. But you heard Paul earlier on talking about the pause button. Uh, I wonder if you're using the pause button, because as I've said before, you don't have to listen to these episodes all in one go. You can pause and listen to the rest later. Uh, If you're using podcasting software like an app on your phone, then it will remember where you were when you paused, even if you close the app or switch off... um switch off your phone or computer, uh, the app will still remember where you were when you last uh, listened. So here are a few recommended apps that you could be using on your smartphone. I I imagine that most of you are sort of tech savvy enough to to be using apps already. But if you're not, um, then here are a few apps that that I suggest you could be using. So first of all, there's the standard Apple Podcasts app, which is fine. and that's connected to iTunes. So if you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, then you, if you've got an iPhone, I think you need to download the podcasts app. It's not automatically on your phone, so you'll need to download it. Um, 
And um, so there's the Apple Podcast app. And then I use an, an app called Pocket Casts, which is available on iPhone and Android. Um, and you can also get it on your computer. Uh, and I really like Pocket Pocket Casts. It's just really user-friendly and, and it works well. There's also Acast. That's simply A-C-A-S-T, Acast, which is also good. Um, also, you could try the Audio Boom app. Obviously, my podcast is uh, hosted on Audio Boom. So they have an app. You could try using that. Just download Audio Boom from the App Store. And all of those apps let you listen via an internet connection, either through Wi-Fi or your data connection. And also, they let you download episodes onto your phone so you can listen when you're not online. And all of those apps will save your position in an episode so that you can listen, pause, listen again, pause, come back later, listen to some more, and you never lose your position in the episode. Um, Of course, you can still just download the files from the website and put them onto your MP3 player. Uh, But I suggest that you just check if there is a folder in your MP3 MP3 player for podcasts. I have a little Sony Walkman MP3 player, which I use a lot. Um, I just like the sound quality on the Sony products. Um, And um, the Sony... My Sony MP3 Walkman does have a specific folder for podcasts. And the cool thing is that when I put files into that folder, uh, the MP3 player um, saves my position in those files. So let's say I've, I've downloaded a podcast file, I stick it into the podcast folder, and then it's clever because when I stop listening, it will remember where I am. If I put those files in other folders, like the music folders, then it doesn't work in the same way. It won't remember where I was when I stopped listening last time. But it does do that if I stick them into the podcasts folder. So check your MP3 player. You might have a podcast folder which will be programmed to save your position, just like the smartphone apps do. Okay, so there you go. That was a bit of technical uh, stuff there at the end of that episode. Uh, right then. Right, 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 right. So are you okay? How are you? Everyone, everything okay? Yeah, you're nice and comfortable. What are you doing? What are you doing? Right. What are you wearing? No, you don't have to tell me what you're wearing. Um, what are you doing? You're probably sitting on a bus, on a train. Maybe you might be walking. You might be skydiving. Are you skydiving at the moment? If you are, I hope it's exhilarating. Thanks for listening to this podcast while you're skydiving. Um, I'd imagine that you'd be thinking about other things like, oh my God, I'm skydiving. Um, Yeah. And if you are listening to this while you're skydiving, then I wonder if you can actually hear anything because I'd imagine mostly it sounds like this. Right? So uh, maybe it's best not to listen to this while you're skydiving. Um, Anyway, thanks for listening to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. There will be more uh, coming soon. Uh, when you will hear Paul, Amber and me um, playing the interactive lion game. Remember that? We set that up in December. Um, so we're, we're finally going to get round to that in what I think will be the next episode of this podcast. Thank you very much for listening to episode 342. And uh, Luke's English Podcast will be back on your MP3 player or your phone or, or your computer or whatever it is very, very soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.